Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have a great time today because we're going to be talking to everyone out there who is an entrepreneur, a small business owner, and I'm saying that, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek, a little sarcastically, a little with my air quotes, um, because most of my listeners are entrepreneurs or small business owners. And in a lot of ways, we get kind of stuck in our thought processes. And then we wonder why our businesses struggle. And so to help us with that concept today is the wonderful Shahara Wright. So welcome to our program today, Shahara. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for allowing me to be here. This is going to be fabulous. Um, you know, and, and so let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Shahara Wright is an experienced and highly sought after business law attorney and business strategist. She is an international speaker and the author of the 2017 Independent Book of the Year, From Entrepreneur to CEO. Shahara is the host of the CEO Collaboration Circle to provide expertise to small business owners who want to implement strategy to build capacity. So again, Shahara, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I can't wait to talk to you and your listeners and um, really get into what it means to to go from entrepreneur to CEO. Right. You know, and I love this concept because it is truly a mental mind shift. And you know, when I read your book, and again, it's called from entrepreneur from entrepreneur to CEO, and it is about making that mental mind shift. And I think as an entrepreneur, which I am, I am a small business owner. And as I mentioned, I think that the vast majority of our listeners would fall into those categories. We tend to think of that as, as a, a, um, an, a, a pride. We're proud of the fact that we're entrepreneurs. And, you know, really, we should be because we've, you know, we've bit the bullet, we quit our corporate jobs, we've done all those various things. But along with that, are problems that we don't always want to surmount. So first, tell us why there is a big difference between having kind of that entrepreneur mindset and thinking like a CEO. Well, it kind of goes back to, you know, definitions. You know, mm -hmm. I, people know I'm an attorney and I always like to start off with definitions right. because I think it gives you an understanding of where mm -hmm. I'm coming from mm -hmm. because, you know, people say different things and you're never sure exactly what they right. mean. So mm -hmm. entrepreneur, the definition of an entrepreneur is someone who takes a risk to earn a profit. Okay. And that's great. You know, that's what we do, right? When you're going out, you're, you're taking a big risk to start mm -hmm. your own business. And the goal, of course, is to earn a profit. Mm -hmm. But some Sometimes what you do is you dash everything and you just run out for this dream and you don't think about all the various different things that matter. Right. So that's part of what it comes into being a CEO, because what a CEO does is become strategic and they think about the various aspects of their business and how they're going to run their business, how they're going to get from point A to point B, mm -hmm. where they need to be in the next five years. That's the CEO part portion of it. So right. you, everyone kind of starts off as that CEO, as the entrepreneur, mm -hmm. but you have to start shifting into the CEO if you want a sustainable and scalable business. Right. Well, and in so many cases, an entrepreneur 
thinks they have to go it alone, um, you know, for whatever reason. Maybe it is that pride point, the I can do everything. Or it's, oh, my gosh, I can't afford to hire somebody else, you know, which is, is quite often the case. You know, right. all these various things. But a CEO has that team around them. And that was one of the things that, that I was struck with when I was reading your book is you do talk about that, you know, that there are very specific times when we need to hire outside help. Or maybe it's that we are part of a mastermind group or, or something like that. But, you know, in particular, and 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 I love this that you said in your book, you, you say hire a lawyer, even though you're a lawyer saying that, you know, it's still and but that is so true because, you know, there are so many cases where that I think is the small business owner's downfall. And one of the things that I, I really liked about your book was the fact that you had characters in it, examples of people who had started their own businesses and then some of them still had that entrepreneurial mindset and then some of them had the CEO mindset. And so how how they dealt with the same issues was the, the premise of the book. And, you know, I'm yeah. just going to go, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was really important to me to really kind of show people what it looks like. Um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when I'm talking, you know, I, people start hearing that Charlie Brown, you know, parent voice, womp, yeah. womp, womp. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> And, you know, they stop, you know, it starts becoming preaching. But I really believe strongly because I've been, you know, practicing law for over 17 years. I've been working with small businesses for for that long time as well. And I've seen a lot of different things. And the hardest thing for me to experience through my clients, you know, is when their business closed. Mm -hmm. And it's very emotional um, and it's very difficult. And a lot of times the reason they're closing is because something small snowballed into something big. Right. And it's because they ignored it or they didn't pay attention or they didn't think it was important or they, you know, focused on something completely different. Mm-hmm. And so my whole premise when uh, starting the book and, and, and doing all that I need to do is that saying, hey, you know, I want you to look at your business differently. I don't want you to look at your business as this one little aspect, this one little speck, and all you need to do is focus on marketing or only thing you need to focus on is social media. And those things are important. They are. But a lot of things are important. They're not the only thing that's important. And so you need to look at everything when you're dealing with your business, because that's what CEOs do. Mm -hmm. If you're reading books about leadership and you're reading books, you know, by Marcus Lemonis and you're reading all these people, they're CEOs. They don't just do stuff just for the sake of doing it. Mm -hmm. They look at all aspects of their business. And if that's who you're aspiring to be, then that's what you should be doing as well. Well, and it's funny, I was talking with another guest and, you know, he was saying that, you know, he he was telling his and, and he's a business coach. And he tells people, you know, you have to think big and and they and these were entertainers. And they said, you know, he he tells them, think like you already perform in Madison Square Garden as opposed to what well, kind of maybe that would be fun at some point. He said, just put yourself there to start with. And I right. think that's what we need to do as as entrepreneurs and small business owners is not think I'm just an entrepreneur. It's I am the CEO of my company. And it really is a different mind shift. 
Yeah, it is. It's not only just a mind shift thinking it and saying it and putting it on your business code, but I would take that a step further and say it's, it should be an action. Mm-hmm. You know, it should be a part of what you do, not just saying you're a CEO and not just saying, you know, oh, I've got that CEO mindset, but being a CEO, mm-hmm. which is completely different because you have to really consider um, how you plan on moving your business forward. When I talk to people and they come down and sit down with me, I ask them, where do you see your business in the next five years? And it doesn't matter how long they've been in business. Where do you see your Mm -hmm. business in the next five years? And if you have no idea, that's a problem. Right. And you have to really start thinking about in the next five years where you're saying you're going 90 day action plans are great. A one year business plan, you know, is great, but that's only going to get you so far. You need to be forward thinking Mm -hmm. and looking at the world around you to say in the next five years, is my business still going to be here? And that's really where you need to be. Mm -hmm. And for many people, I mean, it very well may be that this business that they have is kind of a stopgap, you know, or it was something that they did because they got laid off, you know, all these various things. And again, that's okay. You know, as long as that's what they're planning, because then their five-year plan should be, be employed at, you know, XYZ company or in, in whatever industry. I mean, you know, it's, it's, so it's not just their business plan, it's kind of their personal plan also. Yeah, I think that's a part of it. I think you have to understand where you as a business owner want to be and where you want your business to be. When I started the CEO effect, I really had to make a decision about what I was trying to accomplish. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had had a, I have a successful business. Um, my law firm is, you know, fine. And, but I want it more personally mm-hmm. and I wanted to do things differently. And I had to think about myself, what do I want to accomplish? And then if I'm starting a new business, what do I want that to accomplish? And how does mm-hmm. that fit in with me individually? Right. So there's really kind of two people that you have to think about the business, which I consider a person because mm-hmm. it has a life. And then right. you as the individual mm-hmm who has your own life and how those things work together Mm -hmm. um, to make sure that it's advancing the betterment of everyone. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and for some people, five years might be, I'm going to be retired. I mean, you know, and, and again, it is all part of that planning. So if in five years, 10 years, your goal is retirement, well, then you would darn well better set up your business now so that a, either it can continue while you're retired, you know, that's and, and be a source of income or B, you've made enough in the, the intervening years that you can retire, um, you know, and, and you do talk about succession planning and, and things like that in your book. Yeah, I think a lot of times, especially with small business owners, um, they think, well, I'll sell my business and that'll be, you know, my retirement. Right. That'll be I'll make a million dollars. Yes. And the statistics show that that's not true, um, right. that it's very, really a small percentage of businesses that sell um, and even smaller that, you know, make a whole lot of money. So right. sometimes a lot of people will tell you that they sold their business. But really, the question is, how much did you sell it for? Did you right. sell it for 20000 Did you sell mm-hmm. it for two hundred? Fifty thousand? Did you sell it for two hundred fifty million? You know, right. those are the questions that you really have. Um, and how much did you put on it into it? You know, it's right. kind of like what, buying what was a house. The debt that you needed to pay off. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you look at a house, you know, and and you 
when you look at, you know, you paid, okay, $250,000 for it, plus the interest over the years, you probably really paid $500,000 for it. And if you sell it for $500,000, you've really just broken even. So it's the same concept um, in a business. So for those that are thinking about, oh, I want to sell my business as a part of retirement, you've got to start planning for that. You've got to start Mm -hmm. arranging the business so it's attractive to other buyers and that they want to buy it. And if you're still kind of keeping your receipts in a shoebox, that's not really attractive. Um, So those are the things that you want to do. And especially with small business owners, we all want low taxes. All of us do. Mm -hmm. Um, So we we make it look like we earn three cents, you know, throughout the year so that we don't have to pay a whole lot of taxes. But that's not looking good when you're trying to sell your business, you know. So you have to think about all of those various different things and put those things into action when you're actually looking to sell your business mm-hmm. at some point in time during the road. So those are reasons why looking out five years out, maybe even further, it helps you to really make some good decisions now about your business that will be better for you in the long run. Right. You know, and I think many times an entrepreneur, small business owner, we get so caught up in just the day-to-day survival mode that planning really isn't part of the picture. And and it needs to be from the absolute start of your business. Um, you know, and, and for many people, it was something that they might have just fallen into. Um, you know, you, you have examples in your book of this was something that somebody thought was fun and then it turned into a business. You know, and, and of course, that's something that happens all the time where, you know, it's, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do this part time. And then holy schmoly, maybe it should be a business. Maybe it could be a business. And then we just still keep kind of muddling along as opposed to sitting down and actually planning and and making that shift from thinking, okay, I'm just an entrepreneur doing this because it's fun to I am the CEO of this company. And I and I really want to keep emphasizing that. And, you know, and and if we were on TV, CEO would be bald, bald, (laughs) bold and in you know, but bright red neon letters, an entrepreneur would just be kind of this little, you know, flowery thing. Um, and again, we're the, uh, entrepreneurs are what make the world go around. I mean, you know, there's far more entrepreneurs and small business owners than, than anything. But cool. it's the CEOs who actually survive in this world. And again, it's, you know, whether it's the CEO of one or the CEO of hundreds of thousands, you know, it's it is that mindset. Yeah, absolutely. There's statistics that show um, that only 50% of businesses survive past five years. Right. So if you, you know, you get to five years, only half of those are going to still survive. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times people think about, oh, one year businesses and two year businesses. Really, I think the longevity and the numbers and the longevity really, to me, stand out more so than not surviving one or two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that if you are really serious about having a sustainable business, um, that that's important because there really is a difference between being self-employed um, mm-hmm. and being a business owner. Right. And I know sometimes people will say, well, you know, I, I own a business, you know, I, I own my own thing. But if you're just one person, you don't have any staff, everything revolves around you, you're really self-employed. That means mm-hmm. you're your job. Right. Um, and there's that's a difference. And it's not that that's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but it's a difference. Um, and I think that that's important to understand that 
Are you self-employed? Is that where you're trying to stay? Mm-hmm. Or are you trying to run a business where you have multiple people um, that you're responsible for, that you're um, affecting the economy and the environment around you? Those are all things that make up a small business. That's what adds to the economy. And that's what makes you stand out from, you know, any other person that, you know, says that they own a business or that they're entrepreneur. They sell, you know, handbags, you know, every once in a while they can say that they have their own business. There, there's difference. Right. Um, and it's not a question of good or bad. It is just at what are you trying to be and understanding that if you're trying to be a certain thing, then there's a certain way that you need to approach your business. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important part. Right. You know, and it was interesting as you were saying that, because I was thinking like in an example like myself, I am my business. I'm the speaker. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the, I, it's me. There's no business without me, you know, and, and so then I was thinking, well, you know, okay, so that's fine. And I'm saying that, you know, hi, it's fine because I really don't want to be Tony Robbins. And then Right. right after that, I thought, well, wait a minute, why not? And, you know, and, and, of course, and, and that is, that's a mind shift. You know, Tony has, and, you know, any, any major person like that who is, you know, the, the face of that business, they have people who are qualified to give their presentations, who, right. you know, all of these various things. And so, you know, I did. I thought, well, why don't I, maybe I don't want to be that big. I mean, you know, because that comes with a whole different set of, of <laughs> issues. Yes, um, it you know, it's, it's funny. I've talked with guests who have said, you know, fear of success is one of the biggest things that holds a lot of people back. Mm-hmm. But, but I did, I, you know, I just, I all of a sudden thought, well, why, why don't I want somebody else to be able to present the, on what I present, you know, to, to be, you know, all these various things. And so, and, but that is, that's that mind shift from being the entrepreneur to being the CEO kind of the, well, why not type of, of thought. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, and I think though, it, it's, it's part of understanding what it is that you want, because if right. you don't really want that, right, if, if right. it's just and not for fine. you, it's not something, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. And that requires one set of thought process. But if it is something you you want to do, right, just like you said, that's mm-hmm. a whole different kind of concept and right. foresight thought that you have to start putting into place because Tony Robbins didn't just happen overnight. You know, right. Les Brown didn't just happen mm-hmm. overnight. I know people feel like they just discovered somebody and they think they did that yesterday and it, it didn't. It takes years. Mm-hmm, right. um, and um, I, I think that that's important to understand what is it that you want. And also sometimes that's change. Those things change. Mm-hmm. I know for me, after owning my business for 17 years, how I viewed my business has changed. There was mm-hmm. times that I really wanted this big law firm and I wanted, you know, all of these associates and things like that. And then I started to realize that's not really what I want. Mm-hmm. That's not really the kind of business that I want. This is, I really want something smaller. I really want more of a boutique because it fit me better. Right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I just want people to understand that it's not really about what other people say you should be doing. Mm-hmm. It's about what you really want and then how to put the things in place to ensure that you get what it is that you're trying to get. Right. And many of those things apply whether you are the entrepreneur that is perfectly fine working out of your basement to, you know, the the big companies. And and a lot of those pertain to finances, to legalities, you know, to things like that. So I really want to talk through this because, again, it does. It applies to everyone. Um, So in your book, you talk about the four attributes of change. So what are those four attributes? And then let's discuss each one in more detail. 
So, yeah, really part of it is in the beginning of my book, um, just kind of for the people that haven't read it yet, um, I talk about the entrepreneur ego. Mm-hmm. And it's a fascinating kind of thing. So if you ever have a chance to look up the concept or whatever, please do. But the entrepreneur ego and this this idea that we talked about in, be- in beginning that you know everything or you can control everything and you should um be, you know, that other people coming in and telling you something else different is somehow making you feel less. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a fascinating concept. And so I really wanted to delve into that a little bit more um, and just say, okay, this is how you feel, right? If you have that ego, even if it doesn't feel like it that grandiose, but we all have ego to some distinct, what Mm -hmm. do you really to get past that and you really need to change and if you change what does that really mean Mm -hmm. so the first part of that is really you have to be willing to make a change right Mm -hmm. if you are going to move from this entrepreneurial mindset and action to a CEO, then that means that change is going to have to happen and it has to be real change. Mm -hmm. And what does that really mean for you to start making some real change? So that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that change takes time. Mm-hmm. Nobody changes overnight, you know, unless you're a butterfly, even they have cocoons and they stay in there right. for a little bit of time, <laughs> you know, change takes time and mm-hmm. it you have to be willing to go through the process um, and get yourself through that um, and, and understand that when you come out on the other side of it, that it's going to be better. And that decision to make that change is a risk Mm -hmm. and making a change is a risk and understanding that, you know, it's some risk associated, but you didn't start a business. Um, if you, you know, to not to be risky, that Mm -hmm. starting a business is a risk. So you have to know that that's a part of it. And lastly, that it's hard. It's not easy. One thing that I see a lot of business owners feel like, you know, they should, have something within a certain amount of time, or maybe that they're working too hard or it's taking too long, or they want some easy, you know, five-step program that, you know, makes it simple, you know, this microwave um, business that they have. And it's not easy. Um, Mm -hmm. It is really hard and you have to be prepared to work. um, And that's not something that we all want to hear, but it's necessary. Right. You know, and as you mentioned, you know, it, it is difficult and there will be things that you will think, Ugh. you know, I don't want to do it. It hurts. It's painful um, yes. because there might be decisions that you make that are really going to change things. You know, maybe maybe it's that you decide that person really isn't a good fit for your organization, you know, or or maybe you're not a good fit and you need to hire somebody to, to help you with those things. And I think that is what is difficult for us. You know, we don't want to admit that, you know, I'm, I am a marketing person. You know, I have my own marketing and PR firm. So, for example, bookkeeping does not come easily to me. But holy cow, I am also type A. And, you know, and, and so I want to control it. And, you know, and, and so for me to actually outsource to a CPA, which is, of course, you know, one of the wisest things that any business owner could do is to have somebody who really knows what they're doing, especially with your taxes. Um, you know, that was hard for me to do. And, you know, or or to to even admit maybe I need to hire a copywriter for my own stuff, you know, all these various things. 
And and that is a painful thing to admit I can't do it all because, again, that's I think in, in many cases, that's why we become the entrepreneur. You know, we were the employee that was told you have to do it this way. And we're like, well, I know better. And so we started our business because we thought we could do it better, faster, you know, cheaper, whatever it is. And then to admit that we have these flaws and that we need help. It, and it's not a flaw, you know, I shouldn't it, because and that and I think that's an important distinction because we don't know it all. You know, my favorite uh, program on TV is The Big Bang Theory. And of course, Sheldon thinks he knows it all. Well, he doesn't. Nobody does. You know, and, and so to admit, hey, you know, we need to hire an attorney, a CPA, a marketing person, whatever is some of the best business decisions that you can make. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and I'm opposite of you. I am not a marketing person. I really actually hate every aspect of marketing. Um, <laughs> and I would go into tells about how much I hate it. I really do. Um, it just drives me nuts. But I, again, have to learn it. I have to understand it. Mm-hmm. Not that I have to do it, but I have to learn enough to be able to understand yes. what it is that is expected. And, you know, even though I've hired people to help me, I still find it a struggle. It's mm-hmm. still not for me because it's, right. it's just hard. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't commit myself to doing better and learning and putting things in place that people are telling me to do, then I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting mm-hmm. my business. And so that's the same thing. Sometimes um, it, even some of the things that I think, you know, I don't know why this matters. I don't think that it's important, but obviously it is, you know, mm-hmm. you have to kind of do. And that's that part of that change that really is hard. And that's the thing that you have to make up your mind, you know, look, I'm going to focus on this, or I'm going to make the necessary adjustments to do that. And it doesn't mean that you do it right all the time. Mm -hmm. I can tell you a thousand things that I screw up in my business, you know, even as a lawyer that I screw up all the time. Um, My accountant hates me, Um, you know, and I have to (laughs) apologize to him all the time. But, you know, you do your best. You try, you know, to get better. You try to do things better. Um, You try to put the things in place to make, um, your world better. Um, mm-hmm. That's really what you should be doing. Um, and if you are really looking to grow and scale and sustain your business, this is the kinds of decisions that if you make them now, five years from now, you'll look back and say, I'm so glad I made those choices. Right. Right. And again, some of them might have been a little bit painful. You know, some of them and in fact, many of them may have actually cost you money. Yes. You know, and, and that's one of the things that I want to emphasize to people is you know, there are cheap ways to go about this and and you get what you paid for. You know, um, I love Fiverr. There are you know several projects that I outsource all the time to Fiverr. But I know that I'm getting what I paid for. You know, if I if I am paying five, ten, whatever, then I'm going to get five, ten dollars worth of work. If it's something that really is very important, then it's probably going to cost me more. Um, you know, and 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 again, is it the you know the short term cost now versus the benefit of not doing it right and having long term um, problems. Um, you know, uh, for example, you know, in in your legal strategies portion of your book, you talk about the naming of your business, and and I wanted to explore that more because I think so many entrepreneurs don't even ha- have a name for their business. They just you know are using their name or they made one up or they thought oh hey I'm just going to be this or that. Why is it so important? Because, the, you know, this this is the start, folks. This is how you set up your business. So why is it so important to actually have the name correct? 
Well, I think there's two parts to it and and not to get overly technical, but I think there's two parts to thinking about your business name. Mm -hmm. One part is, is the business name going to represent every part of the business? And what I mean by that is sometimes um, I like to use uh, Johnson and Johnson for, for this example, Mm -hmm. because they have multiple, multiple products and you know, Johnson and Johnson, because they put their name on everything. Uh, And so, you know, you may not know the product, but you see Johnson and Johnson, you understand what their, what their products are. You trust Mm -hmm. them. And so that branding, so to speak, with the name of the business makes a difference. Something like Procter & Gamble, where you may not know what the heck Procter & Gamble sells, and they sell so many different products, but you know the products, but you Mm -hmm. may not know Procter & Gamble owns them or they sell them. So it depends on really what you're trying to do. Is it something that is just the name, right? Mm -hmm that you like Procter and Gamble that, you know, you want to be able to push out other brands and the brand names matter, or is it that you want this business, the name itself to be known? And Mm -hmm. I think those are the two most important things for you to understand. And that goes into naming your business because Mm -hmm. I don't think it matters one way or the other, what you name your business. Um, you know, it does in some respect, but generally speaking, it doesn't matter. You know, if you name it, you know, Coco, you know, it Mm -hmm. doesn't really, Matter. The what matters is what you plan on doing with it um, right. and how you plan on working it. And it goes into branding, but not branding in a sense of marketing. It's branding more in a sense on top of that protection, because you can't have a conversation about branding without talking about your intellectual property, trademarks and copyrights right. and all of those different things that you have. If you're half talking about branding and you're not talking about all these other things, you're going to find yourself having to redo stuff because it's going to get stolen or if it hasn't already been stolen or, you know, somebody's going to, um, you know, sue you because you haven't done the things that you needed to do to protect yourself and make sure that somebody else wasn't using it. So those are things that are important. Well, and some of it is about that forward thinking. I mean, you know, I was just thinking, what about a company say maybe they're ABC house painting because they're doing house painting and that's great. But what if they want to add additional services? Then you're thinking, well, wait a minute, Uh, why would I call the house painter when I need plumbing? You know, all of those various things. So maybe it would have been better to be, you know, ABC household services or, you know, whatever. Um, And then the other thing you mentioned, and and I love that you brought this up, and this is in your book also. And, you know, obviously we don't want to give away everything in the book because we want people to get it. But it is about making sure that the name you want is not used by someone else. Um, and, and it's funny because I actually had that happen to me. My company is Wise Women Communications, and then it is LLC. We'll talk about that little part later, but it's Wise Women Communications. I did what I was supposed to, registered with the state of Colorado, yada, yada, yada. And I'd been in business in Colorado for several years and received, uh, and it was a very nice email from an organization that said, you have to stop using your company name because we're going to start Now, they hadn't even done this yet. Mm -hmm. We're going to start something that sounds similar. And, of course, they were bigger than me. And and, and what they wanted to start was something called Wise Women. Let's see. So I'm Wise Women Communications. They wanted to do Wise Women Council. And, you know, similar enough. And we were in the same metropolitan area, you know, all those various things. But, you know, I was able to go back and say, 
my company has been in business at that point, I think was even over five years. So I said, you know, my company is registered with the state. It, you know, I did everything that I was supposed to do. And you can't come in and just take my, you know, say that I can't use it, especially with something that doesn't even exist yet. And I got, you know, I got this very nice, oh, golly gee, oops, letter from them because they'd been hoping that I would just go, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and of course that happens all the time with people saying, Hey, we, you know, we own your, you know, we own something similar to your name. You know, are you in the same business, the same area? There's all sorts of considerations that go into it. But you know, the, the very first thing to do when you're thinking of your company name is Google it. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, you know, there's, it's a very simple um, thing to do and to understand. And again, I think it goes into what you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. um, and what you're trying to do with your business. And I think that that's so important. And a lot of times people just feel like they need to rebrand, rebrand, change their names and all this kind of stuff. And I don't really believe in that. Um, I think that if you've done what you're supposed to do from the beginning, you won't have to keep redoing stuff because it's mm-hmm. more expensive to redo right. and to fix than it is to do it right the first time. And mm-hmm. I tell my clients this all the time. Look, if I have to fix somebody else's mess, then it's going to cost you more. Right. Um, and, and that's just the bottom line. It's going to mm-hmm. cost you more. So it's better to do it right. However expensive you feel like it is, it's better to do it right the first time than trying to go back and fix everything. It takes longer. It takes more time. Mm-hmm. Um, it just It's more effort. So to be forward thinking about what you're trying to do, especially with your name and your logo, and all of those kinds of things. Do it right. Do it right now. Um, it, it will benefit you in the long run and you can't go wrong by thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners think, well, it's okay if I have a name similar to, you know, giant behemoth company or even, you know, somebody else because I'm so little, they won't care. Well, they do. You know, especially if they've taken the time to really brand that name. And again, it doesn't matter what size it is. Um, You know, I I saw an example the other day of a a business that they named their restaurant a a name that was very similar to a totally different business. But that other business had been in business for quite a long time. And they felt that it infringed on them because, Mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and so the restaurant said, well, you know what, we can't fight this battle. We're not even going to go there. We're just going to change the name, um, you know, and, and and they did. They ended up having to change the name of their restaurant. Could they have won? Maybe, you know, but it's it's tricky, you know, and and again, it comes back to those costs. You know, it's this is not an inexpensive battle to have to fight if somebody says, hey, you you have my name. Right. And I think um, this is what I like to to tell people because I do courses on on these things as well. And this is what I say. When you put time into trademarking your name and your logo, these companies um, and you do, too, to some degree, you you put a lot of money, you put a lot of time into making sure that people know who you are and what it is Mm -hmm. that you do. Um, Think of the amount of time that you you know, you take your business and you say, okay, you do, I'll just use yours. Um, that was wise women communication, how much time, um, that you put into making sure that when somebody sees wise women communication, that they know what that is right. and that they understand what they're getting and mm-hmm. they associate to this. So the, the money and the time that you've put into that, and then for somebody else to take that, right. You surf it mm-hmm. and say, oh, well, I'm wise woman 
um, community mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and not think that people aren't going to associate you with right. them. That's theft, right? Mm-hmm. That's you stealing something from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I like to put it for people. You think, oh, I can just, you know, kind of utilize this and it's not a problem. Well, what you're doing is stealing. And mm-hmm. if you're okay with stealing, that's one thing, you know, then, mm-hmm. you know, you're right. Mm-hmm. When you get caught. But if you recognize that the time and the money that goes into making these things happen matter and you don't want the same, you wouldn't want somebody to do that to you. Um, So you don't want to do that to somebody else because there's countless number of people that I've talked to who's had their stuff stolen Mm -hmm. and they've had it stolen because they didn't make the effort to protect what should have been protected or Mm -hmm. to they took it from someone else. And so therefore they couldn't really complain about when somebody else took it from them. Right. So uh, those are the things you got to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Well, and along those lines is what's known as intellectual property, you know, and, and, and a lot of people don't even understand that things like their client list, you know, all of those various things are your business's intellectual property. And, you know, so have you taken steps to make sure that that's not out there? Um, one of the things that people always ask me is about their connections on LinkedIn. Should they make it so people can see them or not? And LinkedIn is one of those where you can turn that off or turn that on. You know, on Facebook, now you can see whoever's members of your groups, all those various things. But on LinkedIn, you can say, no, I don't want people to see my connections. And particularly salespeople are are the people who always ask me that question because they say, you know, I don't want my competitors seeing who I'm who I'm connected to because then they'll go after them. And of course, the tricky thing is. LinkedIn is a separate legal entity, you know, and 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 I mean, they could just change it to where you don't have that choice that it shows all the time. But, you know, that that is kind of one of those weird things is what do you want people to see of you? Um, You know, are you going to post on social media who your biggest clients are, you know, and and then maybe your competitors will think, hey, I'll go after them. Um, I always have people that that ask me, well, why would you follow your competitors on social media? And, you know, because aren't they going to follow you and steal from you? Well, maybe. I mean, you know, and and but I also want to see what they're doing. Not that I would steal from them. But, you know, it's like, oh, they're giving a seminar on how to do this. What if I gave a seminar on how to do that? You know, and and maybe more than it, maybe it's a partnership. Maybe we work together, you know, and, and so for me, it it's, you know, I'm a little bit more open to things like that. But I totally understand why some people are thinking, no, uh-uh, I, I don't want people to see those things. I think to some degree, um, both of those points are, are, are valid. Um and, and it depends on what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I see it less of a legal, I mean, it is a legal issue, but I see it less of a legal issue and more of a service delivery and capability, you know, right. issue. Um, because I'll take like t-shirt printing, right? Like everybody, anybody can print a t-shirt, right? You can mm-hmm. just right. buy the press or whatever else. But what makes me want to buy a t-shirt from one person versus the other person? Mm-hmm price maybe is it quality maybe is it because I like them maybe it could be a various different ways um Mm -hmm. and so some things you know if if I see that you have a bunch of t-shirt people you know that are following you and whatever else and they're probably buying just because I'm able to come in and quote unquote steal your clients that says less to me about the 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 company that's stealing and more about you that's getting stolen 
them. Right. Because you know, why could they switch so why, easily? Why would it be so easy? You know, why would it be so easy? And so to me, that goes back into what we're talking about is being that CEO, you know, um, of your business and thinking mm-hmm. about the long term and really not just hiding and pretending like, you know, so, keeping everything secret, which some things need to be secret, but some things don't have to be secret. But if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and delivering what you're supposed to be delivering, you're not going to lose people. Right. And that it just makes the difference. You're not mm-hmm. going to lose people. And people see that quality. You know, why is Nike not ever really worried about Reebok or Adidas? Because they're Nike and they know right. what they do. They uh-huh. deliver what they're yeah. supposed to deliver. You know what you're getting. You know the status. You, ha- you have everything you're getting. The difference between buying a Nike and buying Adidas is huge. Mm-hmm. And th- so therefore, you should be thinking the same way. What's the difference between buying here and buying there? And when you say, I know what I'm getting, then I know what I'm getting when I'm buying for you. And that has to do with your delivery of service. That has to do right. with you being on point for everything that you're doing. That has to do with thinking about what it is that your business process is, is for your clients and what they're coming through. And that's a lot um, of mm-hmm. stuff that you have to provide and deliver for. And so I think it's very important for business owners to consider all of that stuff um, when you're looking to really stand out and have a sustainable business um, Mm -hmm. that people want to continue to do business with. It makes a difference. Right. You know, and and that is so true because, you know, you want it to be that when a competitor goes to one of your clients and says, hey, I can do this better than Shahara. You want them to say, no, you can't. Thank you very much, but go away. (laughs) And, And because, I mean, from a marketing perspective, you want your customers and your clients to be your biggest raving fans. You know, you want them to be your tribe, all of those various things. And if, you know, if, if they really are just a commodity to you, that's, you know, I mean, that, that is certainly one way to set up a business and not wrong. I mean, if, if that works for many businesses, but you know, if in so many ways, you really do want people to say, no, I won't deal with anybody else. I don't care that maybe she costs a little bit more or, you know, his timeline is a little bit longer. I know that the quality of work that I get, that the customer service, all those various things are so good. I'm not going to switch. Absolutely. That's exactly what you want. And that comes with setting up your business in a way that ensures that that happens 99.9% of the time. Um, And so, and if it doesn't happen, that you have a process to deal with it when it doesn't happen. Um, Mm -hmm. So those are the things that matter. Those are the things that you as business owners have to think about. Um, It's the long game that wins. Um, And so if you really are serious um, about having a bigger business, not, and and I like to just kind of say this, you know, it's not about having more money. I mean, of course, having more money is important. I don't want to say that it's not. Oh yeah. We got to pay those bills. You got to pay those bills, but it's, it's not just about having more money, right? Because there's always kinds of ways to do that. It's about building a business that can last without you. That if Mm -hmm. you go on vacation, you know, for a week or two, that, you know, your business isn't going to burn down while you're gone. Um, You know, if something happens in your family and you can't be, you know, there a hundred percent that it can still run and function without you. And if your business is unable to do that, that's a problem. And you have to be able to build a process in place to make sure that that happens. So this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about. Um, 
that makes a business sustainable and makes it scalable and makes it sellable, something that other people would want and you would feel like this business is doing something for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, uh, let's come back to talking about some of the the more the, the legal issues again, because I think that is where so many entrepreneurs kind of drop the ball is, you know, we mentioned they thought, well, hey, this is fun. So I'm just going to start doing it as a business. And, you know, and so they don't set it up as a business entity. Um, you know, and, and and I mentioned my company name is Wise Women Communications LLC. It means I'm a limited liability corporation. I you know I am incorporated in the state of Colorado. Every state varies, you know, and, and the countries vary also. So you know we're going to do the little disclaimer. You like this? You know, I do think like a lawyer. Check into the various areas where you are. Um, but you know it, it is so important to set up as the right type of entity. Now you can change. I mean, you know, companies grow, but you know, I, I had, it was funny. I had somebody tell me when I was first starting to set up my business, and this was, oh gosh, almost 20 years ago. They said, until I take myself seriously and take my business seriously, as in naming it, registering it, all of those things, nobody else will take me seriously either. But, but it is, it's, you know, part of it is the legal aspects of protecting yourself, protecting your heirs, your, um, your, your, personal investments, all those various things. That is why you need to make sure you have set up as an appropriate legal entity. Yeah, I think it's very important. Um, You know, a lot of people ask me, well, how much money should I make or when is this and all that kind of thing. And and, and business entities can be simple and they can be complicated. Um, You know, it's probably everything that I say is going to start with it depends. Um, (laughs) It really kind of does depend upon what you're trying to do. But when I talk to business owners, I go back to always what I said, you know, in the beginning is, what is your plan in the next five years? Where do you mm-hmm. see your business in the next five years? Because that will determine your business entity. Sometimes I see people posting on Facebook, you know, you should always do a LLC or you should always do a corporation or you should always do this. And there's no always to anything. Right. Um, everything depends upon your circumstances. Everything depends upon what you're trying to accomplish. But it should be something that you're thinking about in a long-term situation, which is where are you trying to go with this? Because again, changing entities can be very expensive. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to get stuck with having to do that all the time because you keep changing your mind about where you want to go. Mm-hmm. So I always say, you know, think about really what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to do, and your entity should be built around that. Sometimes an LLC will work and it's fine. Sometimes it's not what the, the right thing for you. Um, and there's no always and there's no one set answer. Um, and I think it really does depend upon what your business is and trying to do. Um, and you should really be cognizant of really what goals you're trying to set in your business. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and and it's funny because it does affect how other people deal with you. Um, you know, every December, I have several clients who say, we need your social security number so we can do taxes. I said, no, I have a federal tax ID. <laughs> And they're like, oh, oh, you know, and they've been paying me all along as Wise Women Communications LLC. But, you know, and I tell them, I, you know, you don't get my social security number, folks. Um, You know, and 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 of course, you know, we kind of joke about this, but there are tax ramifications as to how you are setting your business up. And, you know, there are many things that that we might kind of, you know, think, well, hey, you know, maybe I can speed every once in a while or, you know, do whatever. But holy schmoly, don't cross the IRS. <laughs> you know, that's just one right. of those things. No, no, folks, don't do that. 
Yeah, I agree. You know, there are definitely tax consequences to everything you do in your business. Um, and you definitely need to think about that. And, you know, kind of just just kind of circling back to some of the things we talk about. This is when we talk about team building. This is how you can build your team. Right. If you can't you if you're paying an attorney and you're paying an accountant, um, you can make them a part of your team. One of the things right. I do regularly with my clients is I will if. I will sit down with their accountant. I will have us all three on the phone, you know, mm-hmm. my client and their accountant and say, okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk mm-hmm. about, you know, the different things that we need to consider because right. my point of view from an attorney is different from the point of view of a CPA, which is different from mm-hmm. the point of view of the, you know, um, business owner. And so if we all sit down and say, okay, together, how can we make this work best for you? Then we're a team right here. This is your board at, at this point. And so you can have your professionals work with each other, um, Mm -hmm. to be able to get the best for you and you should. And if they are not able to work together, then I think that that's a problem. Um, but you should have, make sure that you have your professionals. If you have a marketing person that you're dealing with, you know, bring your marketing person in and say, okay, I want to sit down with my attorney and my accountant because I want to understand the things that I'm doing. How Mm -hmm. is that going to affect me in the long run? This could be the start of your board that you have and your team that you have um, to start building upon that to help make better decisions for yourself. You don't have to act in a silo and your professionals don't have to be in a silo as well. Well, you can bring them together. Right. Well, and it comes back to thinking like a CEO. You know, a CEO does not hesitate for one second to call staff meetings. Yes. And they're required, you know, and, and, you know, and, and if you can't be there, then you'd better have a darn good reason why you can't be there or you are replaceable. Um, you know, and 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 I think sometimes that is the entrepreneurial mindset that oh, I don't want to bother them or what you mean, I have to pay them for an hour of their time or right. you know, all of those various things. It, they're part of your team, you know, and 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 again, it's that CEO mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you um, have to really consider all of those various different things. You know, it's about strategy. And I know a lot of people don't want to think about it. They don't want to think about all these various different things because they feel like it's take too long or whatever else. But this is what I say. um, And this is what I've experienced. Just think about how many times you have redone something. And you've had this, you've gone in a certain direction, you've had to stop and you realize, okay, I don't even know why I'm here or how I ended up here. Or you said you were going to do one thing and you ended up changing another. And that's because you really don't have a strategy about mm-hmm. how you're going to get from point A to point B. So really what you're doing is you're kind of um, nitpicking, right? You're picking one right. thing. Okay, I'm going to do this for right now. Oh, this mm-hmm. works or it doesn't work. And so now I'm going to go to this and now I'm going to do that. And now you've got this hodgepodge of a business. Um, and that's not going to be sustainable. That is not going to last. You may be right. okay with it for a while, but there's going to, you're going to start seeing a whole lot of cracks because um, you're using, you know, uh, glue mm-hmm. <laughs> to hold right. it together um, as opposed to making sure that everything is working the way it should be. And it it doesn't make mean it's perfect, but it should be pretty, pretty good. Um, and if you're starting to see cracks and you're starting to see problems in your business and you're realizing that you're kind of all over the place, that's the time that you really need to focus and um, you really need to sit down and start thinking about what am I going to do? How do I need to plan? What direction do I need to go? That's something that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And think of it from your your customer, your client's point of view. You know, if I'm wanting to work with you, person, you know, you as as an attorney, 
and you've got a fabulous website, but your social media presence is not all that good. And, you know, and and then I realized, well, your office is in a part of town I don't want to go to. I mean, all these various things, they they are. And, you know, it comes back to, you know, what many people will call your brand. You know, what is the image that you want? But it it comes down to other things, too. You know, do you um, do you how do you invoice people? You know, are you sending them something that you did on Excel? And or word, you know, as opposed to something that is, you know, and, and you mentioned this in your book, you know, using the right accounting software. Um, you know, do you have contracts with people? And I want to talk more about contracts in, in just a moment. But, you know, what is the overall impression that people get? And if you were just putting it together hodgepodge, it's like, you know, OK, that's the impression. And then the impression is your work will be hodgepodge. And I think that's what people need to really think about is. You know, if 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 it looks this way on the outside, that's probably how it's functioning on the inside also. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's true. And I and I think it really um, again, sometimes people a lot of my clients, you know, they deliver good service, you know, on, they, they market pretty well. But their whole back office is, you know, in total disarray right. and things are a mess and you, you don't really know, you know, where, what's happening and it causes problems. It costs them, it costs more money because you're leaking, you know, your profits, you're leaking your money because you're constantly trying to fix this and fix that and whatever, as opposed to just, you know, taking the time and to make it work all together. Um, and so those are things that you have to really consider and you have to look at the whole business. Um, a lot of times people will just focus on marketing or they'll just focus on, you know, the finance or maybe they'll just focus mm-hmm. on management and they'll just focus on legal issues or whatever else it is. I think that it's important to focus on all of those things and you have right. to take time and make it a part of your process and your mm-hmm. business. To think about all aspects of this, even if you're not implementing it all at the time, but you have a plan to implement it. Those right. things are will make the biggest difference um, for you in the long run. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to are you an entrepreneur or are you a CEO? The right. entrepreneur does, I'm going to do this here, and then I'm going to put out that fire there, and then I'm going to do this here, and then, oh my gosh, my kid has to go to school, and you know all these various things that are tearing you in 500 different directions, whereas the CEO has the same, you know, they've got the kid that's got to go to soccer, you know, all these various things, but they know to delegate, they know to plan, you know, all of these various things, so, you know... It, and and they know and they do know how to prioritize, you know, but it is, you know, I, I keep saying that it's that mindset. You know, are you the entrepreneur who is bootstrapping it and thinking, well, I'll do I'll do just what I have to to get by? Or are you the CEO of your company? Absolutely. It's about planning. It's about process. It's about thinking um beyond your immediate situation and sometimes that's hard to do and I've owned a business for a long time and I'm not saying that to brag but I'm just saying that to say that I've I understand you know I understand Mm -hmm. it's hard it's hard managing all that stuff sometimes you drop the ball I I tell you sometimes I I told you my accountant hates me I had to apologize to my accountant because last year my books were a mess I was so Mm -hmm. distracted by a whole bunch of things that I just uh-huh. was like, I, I know you don't have to yell at me. I already know it's terrible. Right. It's horrible. I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. I, just, you know, so sometimes that happens. The point mm-hmm. isn't that those things don't happen. The point is that you recognize it and you fix it so that right. you, whatever that was going on, that was causing whatever issue that you have, that you start making a way to fix whatever that is. That's mm-hmm. 
what makes the difference, that you recognize the problems and you fix the problems and you don't let them linger um, Mm -hmm. on and on and on because you don't have the will to deal with it. Right. You know, and and it's funny, I I mentioned that, you know, you know, we're I wanted to talk about contracts and we don't have nearly enough time to to do that (laughs) because we do just have a couple minutes left. But I want to leave folks with this thought you know, regarding contracts. You have to have them, folks. You know, this is no longer a handshake world. No. Um, you know, you mentioned in your book, people like to sue like they like to breathe <laughs> and, you know, or not pay. I mean, you know, how many of us as entrepreneurs and small business owners, and I'm raising my hand right now, have bills or invoices that are months past due? You know, I was it in my contract that they would pay within 10 days, 30 days, whatever, Um, you know, and, and then, you know, the people that go contract, but that costs money. Uh, uh-uh, No, have contracts, folks. Um, You know, it's to cover both sides. You know, that's that's the important thing to remember with contracts is it protects both sides of the, the transaction. Absolutely. And I think it's important, um, too, because. A lot of times there's so many misunderstandings um, and there's things that you think that somebody said. Uh, one of my pet peeves is people that draft their own contracts. I'm sorry. You know, this is you know, sometimes they'll tell you there are things that you can do yourself and you don't need an attorney for. But contracts is one of the things that I don't feel like you should be drafting yourself, right. not get off the Internet or whatever else, because they're very specific. Um, and they're specific not only to your state, um, but maybe to your city. They're specific to the t- person that you're doing business with. And there are some general contracts that you can use um, that, you know, work across the board. But sometimes they have to be very specific for what you're trying to accomplish. And so mm-hmm. I think that it's worth it for you to pay um, to get a contract drafted. And and you can always ask your attorney for something that's reusable because I do right. it all the time for my for my mm-hmm. clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to do that because when something goes wrong, you don't I don't you don't want to be told that your contract is a piece of crap and you can't you know do anything with it. And I've right. had to say that. Um, and that's a hard you know, conversation to say, but I'm like, your, your contract doesn't say anything. So mm-hmm. those are things that you, I think you should definitely do is definitely get an attorney to draft your contracts or at least review them um, and give you some feedback. That's mm-hmm. Right. And that, you know, the same goes with the people you're working with. You know, now it's some of it is a little bit different. I mean, you know, I don't know that we specifically have a, a contract with our attorney or with our CPA, but we understand what they're supposed to be doing and, and all of those various things. And and maybe it's an email. You know, I will do this and this and this. OK, you know, things like that. But I'm I'm big on paper trails. You know, I've I've had clients that try to bite me, you know, by saying, well, you didn't do such and such. I, no, 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 no. I, I have it in writing. And they always go, oh, <laughs> right. So, well, Shahara. Oh, my gosh, we have just a minute left. And this this really is fascinating. Um, you know, and, and I think no matter where you are in your business, you know, whether you're just starting it, been in business five years, 10, 20, whatever. I do think that your book is is very good and it will make people think, am I an entrepreneur? And again, nothing wrong with entrepreneurs. But, you know, do you want to take that next step and really think about, am I the CEO of my business? So, Shahara, tell people how they connect with you and find you online. Um, So there's so many different ways. You can first, let me just tell you, you can go to my um, website, the CEO effect. That's T-H-E-C-E-O-E-F-F. 
ECT.net. Um, there you'll find a whole host of information and ways um, to kind of learn how to run your business better. So that's that's one place you can go. Um, you can always connect with me on LinkedIn, Shahara Wright. Um, that's S-H-A-H-A-R-A, Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. So you can find me on LinkedIn. And then, of course, on Twitter at The CEO Effect and on Facebook at CEO Effect, not no the because somebody else took that. So <laughs> um, it's just CEO Effect. And those are all the ways that you can um, find me, connect with me. Um, I post a lot and I talk about a bunch of different things. So I definitely um, would love to start meeting some of you guys and, and connect with me because I, I usually am um, pretty good with responding when people connect with me. Perfect. Well, I really have been having a great time talking about the difference between having an entrepreneurial mindset and a CEO mindset. And so please, you know, take a look at Shahara's book, which is, oh gosh, I just lost the title, From Entrepreneur to CEO. <laughs> I've been talking with Shahara Wright. I am Deb Creer. And for everyone out there, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.